The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name, You ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Bible is a beautiful and powerful book not only for the message of faith and trust in God that it presents to us, but for the unadorned honesty with which it presents the human emotions. There are no punches pulled here. Scripture tells it like it is. They are filled with a multitude of emotions, all that communicate our life's experiences. The Bible acknowledges these feelings, many of which we ourselves feel day in and day out. For the people of faith from long ago, they felt that they could bring their feelings to God without fear because they knew that God was their rock, a refuge for them, a strong fortress to save them. Now, we see this unadorned honesty in Psalm 31. Some of the words may be familiar to you as they are repeated in Martin Luther's Almighty Fortress. 
The psalm was written during a time of great and personal need. The very words suggest that the author was under attack in some way, as in a time of war, something very unsettling taking place. And though most of us have never experienced the horrors of modern-day warfare, most, if not all of us, have experienced our own battles in our everyday lives. So this psalm reminds you and me that as tough and strong as we might think we are, we should not and cannot go at it alone. In the midst of everything going on, the psalmist simply turns and asks God for help. In other words, the psalmist says, God, listen up, hurry up and help me. Be my fortress, be my refuge, be my shelter, be my sanctuary. Now, if you notice, in everything going on, the writer of this psalm does not claim that God causes or controls every single moment in life, but rather the writer believes and trusts that God is indeed present in all things. From disappointment to success, from sorrow to joy, from birth to death, and everything in between, God is there, and we are not alone. Perhaps that is why Jesus, knowing and trusting God, is indeed present, quotes verse 5 from the cross, into your hands... I commend my spirit. Less than 24 hours from speaking those words, into your hands I commend my spirit, standing in the very shadows of the cross, Jesus tries to prepare his disciples for all of the events that are about to transpire. He speaks these words on the night of his betrayal, presumably following his last supper with his disciples. He begins by telling them to not let their hearts be troubled. Now, in my experience, when someone says, now, don't be afraid, don't be worried, they usually mean, now you're going to be afraid, <laughs> and you're going to be worried. You're going to be terrified. So let's be fair to the disciples. When Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled, it's understandable then that their hearts, well, are troubled. Think about it. After three years of following Jesus and watching him preach and teach and heal, the disciples were afraid of being left all alone. They were afraid that they would never see their dear friend and teacher ever again. There was so much uncertainty for them in that very moment. And then Jesus goes on to tell them about the dwelling places, the many dwelling places. Now, it's important to note that those dwelling places are not a literal place or a literal room, but rather Jesus is speaking of the very relationship with God. So Jesus assures them 
that they will come to know the love of God, who will have room for everyone. A God whose love knows no limits. A God who will watch over them all their days. Then in the midst of the disciples' confusion and uncertainty, Jesus adds what you might say is insult to injury when he implies that they should know the way to where he is going. Then there's Thomas, realistic, pragmatic Thomas, who says, but Jesus, actually, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And when Jesus says he is the way and asks them again to trust him, Philip can't stand it any longer, and he says, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Or to put it more directly, so what does God look like? Throughout this reading, the disciples began asking questions, which is understandable. Where are you going? What will we do? Why must you go? Why can't we go with you? Why? It's an important question, especially when our hearts are troubled. Why this illness? Why this breakup? Why this loss? Why this trauma? Why this hardship? Why these feelings? Why did this or that happen? Why now? Why me? We have all encountered troubled hearts at one time or another, whether in our own lives or in the lives of those we love. And I am sure in those moments we too have asked the question, why? But in that moment, in the midst of all of those questions, instead of focusing on the why, Jesus focuses on the who. He is the one who loves them. And in turn, he is the one who makes clear God's love for them too. Because whoever has seen and heard Jesus has also seen and heard the Father in heaven. So just like the writer in Psalm 31 we are reminded here by Jesus to hang our troubled hearts on God, knowing and trusting that along the way we are never alone, for God is right there alongside of us, extending his arms of love, compassion, and grace. We live in a world that is filled with so many competing voices, all clawing for our attention. We live in a world that peddles countless products and quick-fix elixirs, all claiming to free and soothe a troubled heart. But today, Jesus tells you and me when our hearts are troubled, when life is uncertain, when we face our own inward and outward battles, we too 
are to hang our troubled hearts on him. We too are to hang our troubled hearts on God. Wherever you find yourself today, know this. Know that God promises to love you, to make room for you, to know you and to be known by you, and that will never end. This is our fortress. This is where our troubled hearts find refuge. This is where our troubled hearts find shelter. This is where our troubled hearts find sanctuary. Let us pray. God, our comforter, you are a rock of refuge and a strength for us, a helper close at hand in times of distress and trouble. Enable us to hear the words of faith that our fear is dispelled, our loneliness eased, our anxiety calmed, our shame released, our pain and suffering comforted, and our hope reawakened. May we turn and hang our hearts on you, believing and trusting the peace and light of your constant love and grace. Let it be so. Amen.